Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. I've got a new good friend right here. Her name is Savannah Hernandez, and she is going to help me go over this new release of the Twitter files, kind of 2.0, I guess, that proves that shadow banning is real. And Savannah, we were just talking before going live. So for my viewers who don't know your backstory, can you kind of get them up to speed there? And then uh, I think they'll understand why you are the perfect person to talk to about shadow banning. Sure. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me on. And second off, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Savannah Hernandez, and I am a journalist that has worked on the ground for the past two, three years uncovering the stories that the mainstream media continuously lies to us about. So back in 2020, I was extensively covering the Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots of 2020 because we had our entire media telling us that they were fiery, but mostly peaceful, that every single you know MAGA rally was a super spreader event, but the Black Lives matter rallies were peaceful and they were necessary because of the pandemic of racism that they, we were all experiencing. So I was out on the ground actually covering what was going on, the riots, the destruction, people getting attacked, police looking the other way while Black Lives Matter was able to loot, riot, and destroy. And Back in November of 2020, I was covering the Million MAGA March in Washington, D.C. I ended up taking a pan of the crowd singing the national anthem. It got retweeted by President Donald Trump. The tweet accumulated over 10 million views. And the next week, my entire reporting career was gone. Now, keep in mind, at this point, I had many national news organizations linking to my work. Uh, for example, there were white Antifa members that were blocking the highway and got into a confrontation with a black man, keeping him from going to uh, work via the highway in the name of racial justice and Black Lives Matter. So all of that footage was deleted. All of my proof that Black Lives Matter riots were not peaceful was deleted. And they said it was for a ban evasion. However, this was my only account. I never had any prior suspensions, never any, had any warnings. I just woke up one day and my entire career was gone. So fast forward about nine months and I created a Twitter account for my podcast because I said, you know what? This is BS. Uh, you guys have no reason to have banned me. So I'm going to make another account for my podcast. I then started using that to report again. And earlier this year at the 2022 uh, NCAA Women's Swimming Championships where Leah Thomas was swimming against the women and actually competing and winning and taking their championship titles, I found the one athlete that was brave enough to speak out against uh, Leah Thomas because if you remember, the entire mainstream was trying to tell us that it was very progressive and loving to have the first transgender woman swimming in a women's competition. However, the one athlete that was willing to speak out because the NCAA was telling athletes behind the scene, do not speak to media, do not even say Leah Thomas's name in the locker room. She was brave enough to speak out. Her interview went viral on my Twitter account, accumulated over 2 million views. Tucker Carlson picked it up. And within two days, it was gone. I made one more account after that because I said, you know what? This is ridiculous. This is the media that the American people need to see. So I'm going to keep pushing back and I'm going to keep reporting the truth. I went to um, gas stations across America because I love letting Americans actually speak, right? Um, against the narrative that we are being pushed by our government. So Joe Biden was saying that that we had a very robust economy, that Americans had more savings in their accounts than they ever had before. This was earlier this year. I pulled up the exact tweets and I went to gas stations and lower income communities and I asked people, hey, uh, Joe Biden says the gas prices are lowering, the economy is doing great. What do you think? That, of course, went viral because it was members of the Hispanic and black community saying that's an absolute lie. Joe Biden's a horrific president and the economy is doing horribly. On top of that, I went to Pride in Washington, D.C., and I exposed a naked transgender person twerking in front of a child. We were 
we're being sold by the media that these pride events were family friendly and good for kids. I showed a, you know, very different story. That clip went viral over 4 million views. It was played on almost every single right wing media network or just, you know, media network at all that was kind of shocked that children are being exposed to this within two days. Yet again, my Twitter account was banned. So that's a little bit about me and why I'm so excited. Um, about everything happening at Twitter. I barely got my account back just three weeks ago, and it's been truly incredible to be able to report again. So what's your handle now? It's sav underscore says underscore. It's my original account that I got banned back in 2020. I have that back okay. now. So then just so people know that the sav says with no underscore, that's your YouTube channel, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, great. And for those of my viewers and listeners who are wondering, I, I wasn't familiar with you other up until a couple of days ago when I was watching a clip from the Tim Pool show, the live show that he does, and you were on there and you just went off on it was like Joe Biden or it was something regarding freedom and liberty, and uh, that caught my attention. I said, "My goodness gracious, this this gal is just absolutely on fire here. She Thank just." You. <laughs> she's just just dropping bombs right and left so that's what caught my attention and uh boy i think you've got a, a really really bright future but this shows us why that this shadow banning or outright ban banning is just so dangerous because they're just trying to push a specific narrative and anything that doesn't fit into that narrative they just kind of try to sweep it under the rug you know with this channel in fact uh savannah Josh, what was it? Maybe probably a year ago now, something like that. Um, this was back when I was talking about the, the, we'll call them the medicine mandates, right? Mm -hmm. Because we don't want to get mm -hmm. banned from YouTube here. Yes. And I was really pushing back against that. And I just did this video talking about something that Fauci said. And maybe two hours later, maybe not even that. It was actually uh, a video of Fauci talking that got banned. <laughs> It's because you can't quote the CDC on their own hypocrisy, guys. Come on. I almost lost my entire YouTube <laughs> channel as well because I had the audacity to call out our government on their own uh, backtrack. So I Well, they took they took my YouTube channel down for that. And oh no my strikes, gosh. no warnings. Mm -hmm. Just you, it, one minute it's there, the next minute it's completely gone. It's ridiculous. And fortunately, I I I got a, a pretty decent following on Twitter, so I tweeted that out. And then it kind of went viral on Twitter. And then Joe Rogan retweeted it. And nice. then once Joe Rogan retweeted it. Then, you know, magically, I get an email from uh, from YouTube about an hour later saying, oh, what? <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, we made a mistake. Our, sorry, we accidentally deleted your entire career. <laughs> our bad. Yeah, we didn't realize like you had a big enough platform to make it an issue. Whoops. Yeah, it's just like like it was some sort of technical error that they just didn't know yeah. about, right? Uh -huh. Okay, cool. So let's go into this Twitter thread from the gal, uh, Barry Weiss, I think is her name. And uh, this is part two. And if you haven't seen this, guys, this is where they, they're actually proving. In fact, Twitter is admitting behind the scenes that they uh, shadow banned people and would try to, you know, bring down their uh, content as far as the algorithm. And um, let's shoot over to this, uh, Savannah. Perfect. So you know, I'll go ahead and read it. Then I'll just, I'd just love to get your views on it. So Barry Weiss starts off by saying a new Twitter files investigation reveals that teams of Twitter employees build blacklists, prevent disfavored tweets from trending and actively limit the visibility of entire accounts 
or even trending topics, all in secret without informing users. Savannah, what do you think? I'm not surprised in the slightest when I first read this. I said, you know what? Here's the proof and the evidence of everything that we already knew. As a journalist myself, who was specifically targeted, I have so many friends who went through the exact same thing. Our entire careers were hindered and we were silenced for, again, having the audacity to truly push back against the government narrative. Remember that The Intercept put out an article just what, a couple months ago, maybe even a couple weeks ago, about how Vijaya Gaday, one of the top Twitter executives, who, by the way, is named in this thread, she keeps coming yeah. up when it comes to censorship. Remember that she was working hand-in-hand -hand with her own DHS to decide uh, via our government what disinformation or misinformation was, and that was specifically tied to, you know, the withdrawal of Afghanistan, COVID-19 policy. I think racial justice was also listed in there, so not surprising in the slightest. Yeah, you know, this actually, I'll be honest, this this did surprise me a little bit because um, now the, the outright banning, you know, I, I get that, what happened to you and what happened to me, uh, and I knew that was most likely arbitrary. You know, there wasn't some algorithm that they had that was doing that. But as far as the, the, um, uh, the actively taking something that would go viral, Mm -hmm. and pushing it down to where no one sees it. I always thought to myself, yeah, they might be doing that to a certain degree, but probably not a lot because you would think they would want as much engagement on their platform as possible because they're a publicly traded company. And the more engagement they have, the more advertising dollars they can bring in. So it, it, from a financial standpoint, it, it would seem counterproductive to have them kind of do this type of shadow banning. But now that I, I read this, I'm like, hey, I, I, I knew it happened to a certain degree, but I was really surprised to realize that, uh, you know, most of these people and content creators out there that were complaining about being shadow banned, um, they were probably right on the money and maybe understated it. See, I am of the opinion that information is currency, one of the most valuable currencies that we have, more valuable than money, right? So you're yeah. looking at this from a business standpoint of, okay, why wouldn't you want more engagement on the platform? More engagement equals more ad revenue. I look at this from the standpoint of, we have an entire organization, an entire company that is able to shape the reality of the world of an entire nation that is allowed to shape and dictate what we are all doing, what we are all seeing, what we are all living out, what our truth is. And that I think was much more valuable than any ad revenue could ever be. Being able to have power over an entire population is the ultimate currency and the ultimate, uh, I guess, again, power that you could have. Yeah. And again, another, th and we'll get into it here with, as this uh, thread continues, but uh, one thing that it, it seems is that, um, Jack Dorsey uh, didn't really, he knew some of this was uh -huh. going on, but yeah. it seemed like a lot of what was happening here, especially with the shadow banning, was uh, employees taking it upon themselves to, to do this based on their political team, let's mm -hmm. say. And some of the higher ups in the company uh, might not have even known. And I know that sounds astonishing to, or totally unbelievable to someone that's never run a business. But I, here I will play devil's advocate from the standpoint of before I retired in 2012, Savannah, I was an entrepreneur for many years and I ran businesses all the way from startups. The largest business I ran had about a hundred employees. 
And I get it. If you've got to start up with five employees, you know everything, absolutely everything. But once you get to where you've got a hundred or you know a thousand or ten thousand, you, you can't really completely know uh, everything that is going on, even in your own platform. So that's what I thought. It seems like there was a lot of drama, even within Twitter. How you had maybe these different, I, I mean, obviously most of them are, are on Team Blue, but uh, maybe some of them on Team Blue uh, didn't weren't approving of this specifically, but yet it was still happening. I mean, I thought that's what I found very uh, kind of interesting. Definitely. I mean, they had a monopoly on our speech for such a long time. And it was funny, too, because as Elon Musk came in after he officially bought Twitter and he was cleaning house, we were seeing all of these videos, too, that Twitter employees would take of like, oh, here's a day in headquarters. We have wine yeah. on tap. We yeah. have, you know, the sleeping <laughs> pod rooms because it's super hard to work three hours a day censoring right. people and silencing information. Uh, so, you know, we saw the reality of what was really going on behind the scenes at Twitter. Not only did you have these higher executives that were trying to censor and silence information that went against the government narrative or even their own political narrative. Um, remember that it was the contractors that came out at Twitter. There was one that was recently interviewed by NBC and she identified she was a transgender woman who, again, you know, that's a, a denial of basic science a, a lot of time with this community. And that was who was allowed to dictate what her truth was for a long time. These were the employees in Twitter. So, uh, again, seeing this type of stuff is not surprising. And with the amount of employees, too, because remember when Elon Musk took over, he... Uh, he got rid of the majority of Twitter's workforce and everybody was saying, oh, Twitter is going to shut down. It's going to be horrible now because we're not going to have anybody running it. And then you saw, you know, after those firings, Twitter is running better than ever. So, um, you know, like you said, I think it's better to consolidate and have that smaller company. And Elon basically walked into this gigantic adult daycare and he had to clean it up, basically. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. A gigantic adult daycare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next, uh, let's see, next tweet here. Twitter once had a mission to give everyone power to create shared ideas, share ideas, uh, information instantly without barriers along the way. Barriers never, okay, got it. Uh, now this is really where it, um, you know, this is where it could have impacted people's health. Uh, I mean, right here, I don't know if you know Dr. J., uh, Bhattacharya, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Mm -hmm. I've heard him uh, quite a few times on Tom Woods podcast, but you got a Stanford doctor here who was just simply arguing that COVID lockdowns may have some unintended consequences, which now we know uh, that they 100% do even outside of just the economic costs. So Twitter recently placed him on a trends blacklist yeah which prevented his tweets from tr from trending yeah i mean remember during covid19 when we actually had a lot of accredited doctors that were also just deleted off of twitter as well because they were talking about early treatment or they were talking about uh, you know treatments that were not i guess necessarily fda approved these were the same doctors that joe rogan had to use his own platform on which is not here on youtube by the way it's on spotify he had to go to a completely different platform just to allow these people to speak and again everybody knows joe rogan's interview style he actually does push back he asks the questions of his interviewee to really make sure that he's fleshing out why they've gotten to that conclusion these were accredited doctors that he brought on who were able to explain their viewpoint 
point. And Twitter has still been unable to explain to us why they've been banned for sharing their own views on, you know, COVID treatment and COVID, um, yeah, treatment, basically. Hey, guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Ceresna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. You probably don't know this, but I've got a mastermind group and uh, we invited Dr. Peter McCullough Mm -hmm. uh, to speak at our group. And this was maybe uh, six months ago or something like that. And uh, he gave a great presentation. But afterwards, I had the opportunity to sit next to him at lunch. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of get to know someone a little bit better. And uh, I can tell you, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he is uh, very, very passionate about his uh, beliefs. Uh, He is Whatever he says, he's not saying on a whim. He's not saying it to... Uh, create drama. He's not saying it to get media attention or to sell books. Uh, he he truly, truly, truly believes uh, exactly what he says and, um, and and backs it up. You know, so so that was one of the gentlemen that you're referring to that had mm-hmm. to go on Joe Rogan uh, just to get his view out there in the public, a, a view that I think 99% of the American population w- would have wanted to hear especially during a time of this pandemic when we're all trying to sift through what's real and what's not real and what we should do to you know, protect our families. Exactly. And you had these fact checkers who probably just graduated from Berkeley allowed to dictate that this doctor was wrong, allowed to silence an accredited doctor. Because keep in mind, too, even the fact checkers here on YouTube, who are these people? Are they accredited doctors? Are they scientists? Are they, uh, you know, experts in whatever craft they're censoring in? We don't know. Yeah. And then then even if they were, I mean, they've just got such an agenda because now politics is just basically a religion. For real. It's a mess. Yeah. Whatever their team says or whatever their preacher says, Mm -hmm. they're going to fall right in line. Okay. So, uh, or consider the popular right wing talk show host, Dan Bagino. I don't know who Dan is. Do you know who Dan is? Dan Bongino. Yep. He's a very popular talk show host. He has a show on Fox News. He has his own podcast. Um, I think he was also former. He was like a former. I'm not sure if it was Secret Service agents, but he he worked in the White House. I believe it he was Secret looks Service. Like that. He kind of looks like mm-hmm. a Navy SEAL dude or something. Yeah. So and very, it, very popular on the right. Yeah. So this gentleman was also put on the blacklist along with uh Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk. Who's a conservative gentleman, isn't he? Mm-hmm. 
I actually work with Charlie uh, with Turning Point. They help with my reporting. But okay. not surprising that he was si uh, silenced. Yep. So now we go on to what you were saying there uh, about this gal. Uh, Vijaya Gaday. Yeah, it says Twitter denied that it does such things. In 2018, Twitter's Vijaya Gaday, then head of legal policy and trust, and Kayvon Bakapur, head of products, said, we do not shadow ban. They added, and we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints or ideology. <laughs> Well, that was a lie. Yeah, yeah, I kind of got caught red-handed there, guys. Okay, next, uh, we what what many people call shadow banning, Twitter executives and employees call visibility filtering. Uh, it, how Orwellian, right? I love how they always have these uh, words to make what they're doing sound so uh, so benign, right? I, I tweeted to one of my friends because he was banned from Twitter for five years. I was like, hey, Alex, remember when we were visibility filtered for years on Twitter? That was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they basically this visibility filtering uh, as being a way for us to suppress what people see to different levels. It's a very powerful tool. And that was a quote from one senior Twitter employee. And I guess uh, Barry not only received these documents, but then she actually went out and interviewed some former and current employees uh, to get their views on the specific documents themselves to try to confirm what her, um, her conclusions were. Okay, so this also affected the trending, it looks like. So this VF refers to Twitter's control over visibility. It used VF to block searches of individual users. My goodness. So if you, so even if you're not one of these people that's being shadow banned, if you're just an average Joe and Jane and you do a quick search for, uh, we'll call it medicine efficacy, and mm -hmm. people know what I'm talking about here, uh, Twitter would have skewed your search results so that you would only get what they wanted you to get. That's basically what's going on here. Unbelievable. See, and... Uh so I do my own show as well, and there will be times where I want to pull up a specific tweet or video, specifically on Joe, uh, Joe Biden's latest gaffe, right? And typically, when Joe Biden gaffes, it's trending all over Twitter. Everybody's making fun of it. Even on the left wing, they're laughing at it like, what's going on? People are making memes out of it. But if you go into Twitter's search bar and you search for you know, the original video, Twitter will suppress that. And, and that was mm. something that I was seeing for a long time. And it's very similar to what Google does with their search engine as well. Well, one of the best examples of this is by searching Donald Trump's name versus Joe Biden. If you search Donald Trump um, the, and you go into images, all of the images are like the ugliest images on the oh, face yeah, of planet like, Earth. That one where he's pointing his finger, he's like, ah. Yeah, exactly. And then you look up <laughs> Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton. I'm not even joking. You can type in Hillary Clinton evil on Google. And the first images are her like looking so beautiful. And you like have to scroll to get to the images of her looking really scary. But, right. um, you know, th these types of search engine filters are not only seen on Twitter as well. So again, this is something that we've seen on the big tech for, for a long time. And to the viewers as well, who might be shocked by this, like wait until you see what's happening on all the other platforms, y'all. That's a great point, Savannah. Great point. It's definitely not just, uh, 
I mean, if this is real, which is, obviously it is, I mean, just think the extent to which this is happening at Facebook, for heaven's sakes. I mean, oh, I, I would Lord. argue they're probably a heck of a lot worse than Twitter. Of course they are. Yes. Jeez. Oh, All right. So let's keep going here. The group decided that whether to limit this, the reach of certain users was a strategic response team. Okay. So I guess they had an SRT team that they called it that would uh, handle, they say, up to 200 cases a day where they were trying to basically play big brother. Uh, let's see, but it existed a level beyond official ticketing, beyond the rank and file moderators following the company's policy on paper. That is the site integrity policy, policy escalation support. So I think what she's saying here is that, yes, you had these groups where the, the case was supposed to go to, but a lot of times, uh, just the, the the individual fact checkers, if you will, would sit there, and if the, it was something that really you know made them sad, or you know uh, would um, trigger would them, them go, yeah, trigger them or prompt them to go to a safe space, yeah, uh, then they go ahead and delete it immediately before it could even go up the uh, the chain of command. And you know what, George? One of the funniest things about this too is that like one of the catalysts for Elon Musk buying Twitter is that they banned the Babylon Bee. Elon was on their podcast. And for viewers who aren't aware, the Babylon Bee is a satire site well, they're, well, where they will write funny headlines about what we're living through in the modern day. And oftentimes people can't differentiate between whether it's a real headline or not, because that's how crazy modern day society is. And right, so Babylon right. B was one of the people who was uh, restricted and who was banned. And that was one of the catalysts for Elon finally saying, you know what, a comedy isn't even legal on Twitter anymore. Let's make a change here. Yeah, yeah. And, and comedy has throughout history has always been one of the main ways that you push back against uh, dictators, authoritarians and, and censorship. And right here to your point, uh, Savannah, uh, Barry talks about libs of TikTok. I, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but that's another comedy type thing as well. Isn't it? it says one of the accounts that rose to this level of scrutiny was libs of TikTok, an account that was on the trends blacklist and was designated as do not take action on user without consulting this kind of higher up group. But it proves that they were also uh, shadow banned and blacklist. So can you tell us about Libs of TikTok? Sure. So Libs of TikTok is an incredible account where they basically, all they do is go on TikTok and find the crazy people on there who are exposing themselves for being crazy, similar to what I do out on the street. You know, you go and you allow people to talk for themselves. She simply takes their TikToks, posts them on Twitter, and they go viral because you have people saying, oh, if you refuse to uh, date a transgender woman as a man, then you are transphobic. Uh, if you go to the gym, that's violence against the fat community and you're fat phobic. If you, <laughs> you know, I can sit here all day long and spew all of the nonsense. You have all the kids on here who are like, I go by frog pronouns. Here's how to use oh, them. Oh, yeah. I identify as a cat and I use a litter box. It's just this crazy, uh, you know, dark corner of the internet that she highlighted to show how insane things are getting in our society to highlight Gen Z being brainwashed and indoctrinated by our, our uh, schools um, and by our government as well. So that's simply what she did her her account blew up and for that reason she's been placed on this blacklist um she's one of the people who highlighted a lot of my videos as well she retweets a lot of the insanity and highlights the truth about what's going on in society and for that she was put on a blacklist 
Yeah, and and further, I think she was doxed. Was I mean? I, I think yeah, she was doxed by uh, Taylor Lorenz of the Washington Post. And if nobody's familiar with Taylor Lorenz, Taylor Lorenz loves to cry about how hard it is for her to you know be a writer on the internet because she's one of the people that focuses on on cyberbullying and you know bringing people like that to justice. She was doxed by that journalist. Journalist. Yeah, and when we say doxed, we're talking about her personal address let's see right right here compare this to what happened when Ratchik herself was doxxed on november 21st a photo of her home with her address was posted in a tweet that has garnered more than ten thousand likes yeah so this is what you're what you're referring to mm-hmm so let's go down here. An internal Slack message, Twitter employees spoke of using technicalities to restrict the visibility of tweet. Okay, here we go. So this is really more mind-blowing stuff. And let me just summarize. What would happen is uh, someone would complain, like Savannah would complain and say, hey, why on earth did you ban my Twitter account? All I did is just repost something that, that someone on TikTok said. Mm-hmm. And they would give you some runaround like, oh, well, it was a violation of blah, 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 blah. And what they what they admit to is that it really wasn't a violation of anything, but they just kind of had to make up something that it might fit into just to give them the excuse to ban you because you were triggering them. That, that's it, literally yeah. what was happening here. Yeah, they were like, oh, maybe if the rule doesn't exist, we'll just uh, make it exist because we don't like this. Yeah, or what they do, like the IRS, is their rules will be so uh, so extensive that really anything you do, they can figure out a way to make that seem as though you broke the rules. Well, exactly. I mean, I think they did this very well by saying, oh, you can't be involved in hate speech. What is hate speech? Is somebody saying that I'm ugly hate speech? Is somebody saying, oh, I don't like the color blue hate speech? What really is hate speech? It really, you know, is defined by each individual. Right. And that's that's the intention to make the terms so broad Mm -hmm. they can fit into whatever definition uh, you want for the specific instance. Exactly. All right, here's a six days later, a direct message with an employee on the health misinformation, privacy, and identity research team. Oh, my gosh. The fact that they even have a team that's called, <laughs> that has oh, yeah, misinformation yeah. in the title is just utterly ridiculous. Okay, Roth uh, requested more research to support expanding non-removal policy interventions like disabling engagements and de-amplification. In other words, this BF. That you were referring to <laughs> visibility filtering wow so i don't want to go through the whole thing here because i want to be respectful of your time savannah but um what is why don't we do this i think people kind of get it and if they want to they can go to twitter i think we've hit the main talking points here but i know you've had a few videos on your youtube channel that have just seems like they've just blown up and gone viral over like the last month they so. really have they really it's crazy to me too because i've had my youtube channel for the past two years and again going into the censorship and shadow banning uh, i was using my channel during the duration of 2020 to 2021 to highlight everything that was going on with covid and i was severely punished for that so i think that's why it's taken so long for my videos to finally gain traction oh they're they're getting like hundreds of thousands of views and it's basically you going out there and uh, just interviewing people at these events like these Antifa rallies and the 
maybe the gay pride festivals and whatnot, just basically mm-hmm. asking them questions and seeing their response. And often their response is what we, what you would expect, just like in a deer in headlights. I remember one uh, video, you were talking to some gal about white privilege mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, you're very nice, of course, and then uh, and very respectful. And then you just ask the gal, okay, can you give me a specific example of, of how white privilege has affected you? You just get the Jeopardy music, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, like, it's always like my favorite. Seconds, like, okay, sorry, we got to go. Bye, Savannah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love doing too with my edits, like the slow zoom in as they try to think about it. And you know, I had this one girl. I'm not joking. She was silent for a straight 15 seconds, which it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a long time, you know, to just right. sit there and be like why do I think that white men have more privilege than me? And why am I this angry about it, but can't think of one reason of how that, you know, they benefit more than I do. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. It just makes you realize that they're just regurgitating talking points. They're they're not not using critical thinking at all. Exactly. Um, Another one of my video series that have been doing very popular as well is, um, going to progressive cities because like i said i really like to highlight what the media is under reporting i'll actually be in san francisco next week because i'm going to go detail their fentanyl crisis i was just in kensington avenue in philadelphia two weeks ago i was attacked by um a drug user on the streets because i was trying to expose their needle exchange program that happens in public every single week over there i was in portland i watched somebody overdose in front of me and then another person uh, rob a local store i spoke to the business owner who told me hey this happens two to three Three times a day. So, you know, on top of the fun man of the streets where we are allowing liberals to just simply expose themselves via their own mindset, um, it's been great to be able to report on the realities of progressive and loving policy, the realities of what our government is doing to our cities, and how horrific things really are getting. It does seem like uh, portions of America have devolved into a third world country, sadly. Yeah, yeah. But the, 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 the good news is I think if people just are, are woken up by content like yours, and they can come together, they can push back and just, um, you know, stand up for freedom, liberty, and free market capitalism and, and take back a lot of the things that have been taken from us, over, especially since uh, COVID and over the last uh, couple of years here. So I can't suggest your channel enough. It, it Just a reminder, it's, uh, it's Sav, S-A-V, says, oh, Josh is just putting it up right here. You guys can check out her channel. And Savannah, I appreciate your time. We're going to have to have you come on maybe periodically when we have topics that come up in the news that are kind of in your wheelhouse uh, to get your opinion on that and let you just kind of go off and drop more bombs and spit more fire. Definitely. I love doing it. I love exposing the government. Anytime I can call out our government or our education system, anything at all, I'll do it. So thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome.